Welcome to Inside Out. Without prejudice or boundaries, this space is for raw and vulnerable conversations surrounding health, mental well-being, relationships, parenthood, and so much more. Our goal is to deliver a conversation that will educate and empower you through shared experiences told by inspiring and relatable guests. My name is Chris. I'm a wife, mum, and stepmom who is on a personal journey that cultivates a life of alignment and intention. I hope these conversations encourage you to do the same. Let's dive deep into today's episode. Today, I am here with the fabulous Laura Bentley, a woman of many talents. However, I believe her best is making you laugh every single day with the ups and downs of parenting. She has a beautiful family with four children and a husband who have relocated to Queensland and are in the thick of reno life. And I'm very excited to have her on the podcast today. How are you, Laura? I'm very well. Thank you. Thank you for having me. No, I'm so happy that you're here. Before we dive into some questions, I just thought that I would fire off um, a few different like rapid fire questions. So don't think too hard on them. Just go for it and see where it takes us. Okay. Pet peeve. Um, People that don't tuck in their chairs after a meal. Oh my goodness. I know. It's so petty. Oh, no, I, I think that annoys me too because I always tuck in people's chairs. It's just a habit I do. I just always do it after them. So that's hard. You just stand up, you tuck it back in again. <laughs> I like it. First celeb crush, oh. male or female, whatever you like. Um, Devin Sauer for two reasons. One, in Little Giants, he was like the heartthrob. Two, I love Devin. So I thought it was like a match made in heaven because his name was Devin and I like to eat it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, don't I don't understand the workings of eight-year-old Laura okay Brilliant. I love it okay cocktail of choice and I'm going to say it's not a margarita <laughs> <laughs> it really is a margarita but <laughs> proof in the pudding <laughs> for those that don't know Laura lost a tooth via margarita <laughs> or a few too many of one evening, which was hilariously documented on Instagram. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> okay, favourite TV series? Friends. Oh, me too. Best um, Toes as fingers or a bushman, like hairy as fuck back? Oh, hairy back. <laughs> me too. Really ugly. My big toe is like a chicken nugget, so I can't imagine trying to like navigate the world with a big, big toe. <laughs> oh. um, what would you tell your younger self? Just love yourself. That's yeah. all. Yeah, that's mine too. And last one, favourite Spice Girl. Oh, Posh Spice. Yeah, so. I was just listening funny. to the Spice Girls in the car. So Were yeah, you? I was, posh- <clears throat> I was actually Posh Spice. Um, in year seven, we did a dance to If You Can't Dance, um, oh, and I was posh spice because I looked the most like her. In my girl group of friends growing up, we would always do, like, performances for our families, Sunday barbecue, and we'd have to do the performance. <laughs> I can't imagine how annoying that was. Like, my kids yeah. want to show me one thing, and I'm like, I don't want even want to watch you one thing. Imagine how annoying <laughs> that was a group of, like, 10-year-olds being the Spice Girls, and I was always, always for, forced to be Scary Spice. Really? Yeah, yeah, and I kind of take it as an insult now. (laughs) Before we dive into some bigger topics, can you share a little on you, who you are other than Laura and where you're from, just about your life? I don't know who I am other than Laura. I am a mother. I am a businesswoman. I am a best friend. I am a sister. Um, What about me? 
I have four kids. Look at me. I've just, my life is just my children. How sad is that? No, Um, it's not sad. I think that's quite normal. uh, We're actually from Sydney. My husband and I actually grew up like three streets away from each other, um, but weren't obviously together. Um, And then we left and lived in WA for the best part of six years. And then left from WA and came over to Queensland for a better quality of life. And it's so good here. We are stoked. Um, And what else about me, Will? I love laughing. It really is the only coping mechanism that I have. And I don't know if that's just like one of those deep-seated coping mechanisms of trying to get through the tough times, Um, but there's not many days that you won't see me laughing. And there's some people. You are very good at cooking. I'm very good at cooking. Oh, I love that, Will. My food is amazing. That's awesome. All of these. (laughs) Check me out. Also, good cook. Apparently, I like. Yeah, no. Most of me is just. I'm. I'm just. I try to be happy. That's about it. I love that. You definitely make everyone laugh on the gram. I don't know a story I haven't watched of yours where I'm not (laughs) sitting or laughing. So you've cultivated quite the community on Instagram. You have over 74k of like-minded mummers following along your journey. When did that all take off for you? When did it go from, hey, people are liking my stuff to, hey, there's like 20,000 of you? <laughs> um, I think it was when, when I moved from, so I originally started everything when I lived in WA. I felt very alone. Um, Brad, my husband, worked away a lot. Um, so it was just me, Indiana, and Zali. She was a newborn. And so I actually just started writing kind of like a cathartic approach to explaining I don't know what my days were like. I actually started my Instagram with hundred days of happiness. And so went on and, and highlighted everybody in my life and why I'm grateful and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then I think when I moved over to this side of the country, um, yeah, I don't know. It just kind of kicked off and um, yeah, came to this side of the country. Um, and then I feel like it just all kind of went bananas from then. I actually got to then see people face to face. And I was having like Gold Coast meetups because I was trying to make friends. I didn't have, any friends on this side of the country, mm-hmm. um, this area, I should say. And then, I, yeah, from there, it just kind of kept going. And I think people related to everybody says that I'm real. And I always, I don't know, it's very hard to talk about yourself in the positive light that people tell you. But from what I can gather is that people appreciate the fact that I'm not, you know, I don't blow smoke up your butt and I, I just show up every day and I am who I am. And I think people like that natural dose it was actually probably when stories happened on Instagram because then there was a look into our life every single day. Instead of me just telling stories with my words, it was then the ability to connect with people like this. And I think that, you know, a lot of people find comfort in getting to see other people face-to-face. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think um, I totally resonate with where you're at, like in the early stages of motherhood where you started the Instagram page and done the 100 Days of Happiness. I think that's really beautiful to tap into, by the way. Um, something that I think gratitude in motherhood is is really difficult to connect with a lot of the time because we're so overwhelmed and mixed emotions and it's a roller coaster of hormones at the start and there's mm-hmm. all these external factors M- the majority of husbands aren't home in for the day today i will say the majority because i think that's a fact i don't think that you know it goes the other way but for me when i started the podcast it was because whilst i'm in an area where i grew up i have lived here my whole life and i have friends and family everywhere and i mean they are 10 minutes away they aren't far yeah. But everyone came over to see the babies and the stuff at the start. That was a, that was for the first six weeks you were constantly getting visitors and, you know, that was really beautiful. But then it all fizzled away and I missed connection. I no longer could leave the house to go see people because by yeah. that time I had a toddler and a newborn. Um, and at first I also have my two stepdaughters as well. So 
things were really hectic for me from the get-go and I crave that connection and talking and having conversations like this with other people and you don't get that when you've got kids running at your feet you know you can't go for a coffee you can't just duck up the shops it's so different now I suppose than I I don't know how my mum particularly experienced it when she had me but I feel like I can't tap into that connection side of of my life and my social life anymore so that's why yeah I I too resonate with why you started the Instagram page because I was craving connection so badly and I just wanted to have more honest conversations with people yeah. and this, this platform and this podcast has allowed me to finally do that and find my yeah. purpose with that that's amazing yeah yeah I do I absolutely love it that's why I'm, I don't see myself stopping but did you have any moments through your brand personal brand growing on Instagram any moments of the influencer life isn't for you so like whether, whether that being sponsorships or paid posts or whether online trolling has come about Yes, um, I just, and I want to say this. I don't call myself that I word. Mm. As soon as you put a label on yourself, someone's going to tell you a reason why you shouldn't have the label mm. or someone's going to call you names for thinking that you are a certain type of person when you're not a certain type of person, uh, which leads me into my answer of the online trolling is sometimes relentless um, and they come at you for things that like, and I guess it's if you don't think like a troll, you don't understand the way that their brain works. There's some websites where people log in and have logins and they go daily to talk about people who are on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube. It's, it's disgusting. Um, and I read there because it's almost like you want to know, but you don't want to know. Um, and I'd read these things that they were saying about my friends and I'm like, you don't know these people. Like what you see, you get like a 45-second insight into their day. How can you make these assumptions of a person? Uh, And then I read there was this one lady and her screen name was Pendulous Breasts in Beige. And I've never been able to forget it because she was like, Laura Bentley, such a fake. She always thinks that she's happy. Um, She's the fakest happy person I've ever seen. How can anybody be so kind? Um, She loves her kids so much that she wants to spend all of her time with them. And I was reading these insults and I'm like, are you insulting me for being a happy person? Like, (laughs) you know, like who you see is who I am. Like I'm, I I don't have the energy to be anything but who I am, do you know? Mm. Um, But it stuck with me so much that I withdrew and there was someone else that was said something about my husband. I don't know. It was a long time ago now, two, three years ago. Um, But that was enough to make me withdraw. And I was just like, these people literally watch my entire day and then scrutinize me for it. And I'm like, why do I need to keep putting myself into the public for people to hate me? Like I just, you know, and I get very, very minimal hate, but that little bit of hate, you know, hate is so much louder than positivity. And I think that rings true for whoever you are. And it wasn't until I had a good cry and I spoke with my other friends who were on Instagram and I said all these things to them and I kind of just stopped and, and Lauren Dubois, I'm sure you know her. She has this great analogy because Lauren also gets dickheads that come to her page. Um, and she's like, you know, these people say that what we do is shit, but they come to our page and they eat our shit mm-hmm. and then they complain about it. But if you're going to come to my page and you're going to eat my shit, that's that's on you for, for coming to my page and eating my shit, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was a moment that I was like, well, even if it takes you 45 seconds to look at my day, you're looking at me to hate me. And that says so much more about you than it does about me. So... That almost made me throw in the towel because yeah. I don't well. I'm even like my face has just gone boiling hot even thinking about it. Yeah. Um, you know, because I think that there's a certain type of person that comes into this world anyway. And and to do 
what I do, you connect with so many people. So many people tell you your stories. I try and remember people's story. I even, you know, I check in with people to make sure they're okay, you know, if they've sent me really, you know, in-depth messages. But you just, you kind of get to this point and it's like, why do I keep doing this if people are just going to think that I'm full of shit anyway? Mm. You know, I never opted to do it. I actually just started to do it to, to be happy and connect with people no one ever starts doing something with the thought that you're going to get somewhere in however many years time, you know? So yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's, and I, my best friend's currently studying marketing and I talk to her about influencer culture and the fact no one likes an influencer. No. Anybody you ask will say they don't like influencers, but nearly everyone you meet follows or watches somebody, you know? So, Absolutely. So, yeah. And I think there's an unfollow button for a reason. And I've unfollowed so many people, I guess, in this space that I feel unaligned with, or I didn't really like what they had to say about a topic. I find it really easy to just go, oh, didn't like that anymore. I'll just unfollow. Yeah. The need that people feel to put a comment for them to know, but usually hiding behind a fake profile or their accounts on private, or then they block you. It's really shows their character and their shit that they're carrying and the problems that they have in their life. Because I have personally never felt a need to comment on someone's feed in a never. negative way. If I don't like it, unfollow or I just keep scrolling, you know, you just keep scrolling. Yeah. yeah. Phenomenon that you can just, you know, be an adult. And, and I, yeah, I, I think I came back and I say this now to my other friends, you know, because we talk to each other, obviously, and if we get dick people that send us messages, we share them around and we all look at mm. the person. And Because if you mean to one of us, you mean to all of us, and I'm not talking us as in any category of people, you know, just if you we're aware of people that don't like us, you know. Mm. And I just say, can you imagine these people ever sat down with their children and said, you know what I do? I actually go online and I watch all of these women and then I go and talk about them. Mm. You'd, you'd never admit that to your mum or your dad. Like, you're a bully. That's all Absolutely. So if you're going to come and bully me and, and you're going to do that, it's water off a duck's back now. Still absolutely rots my stomach. I've got sweaty hands thinking about it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's that's the worst part of whatever this is, whatever you share, someone's going to come for you for something. Yeah. And it's crazy because, like, for me, not, I guess, influences the, the term, the women, the, the, the women in the, I guess, mummies on Instagram, right? Mums that yeah. are sharing their life rawly and authentically. And I love their feeds and I'm watching them every day. And, you know, we've, we've connected with the podcast like you and I, and yeah, I actually enjoy what they share when they put up a paid post or a sponsored ad, whether their whole feed is filled with them. Yeah. Go and have a look in my cupboards at home. I don't own anything that wasn't suggested by someone in this space. Like I literally yeah. buy everything and I'm like, oh, I want to try it. I want to wear that too. Yeah. I want, you know, I use the discount code and I support them, not just to support them, but because I want the shit. Like I'm actually yeah. all about it. Yeah. And if you don't like that, then just get off Instagram. Well, and- exactly. Or, or just I had someone send me a message last night because I did a page job last night for Peppa Pig. Um, and this lady, I speak with her all the time and she's like, She's, she goes, you know, I normally just skip past paid stuff, but I really appreciate you. So I'm going to go and I'm going to like it for you. And I'm like, Love that's that. amazing. That's, that's all. That's so, that, you know, I'm not asking you to buy anything. 
but if you're supporting me and you like what I do, that's amazing. Thank you for doing that. Because that effectively, I can then pay for things at my house. Yeah. I had a bit of a taste of what actually goes into content um, and paid marketing last year. I started, when I started the podcast 18 months ago, um, after about six months, I started getting a whole bunch of emails every single day with products to try for free. I just, the expectation was that I share on Instagram and then they became paid work. So I'd done a bit, probably about six to eight months of paid content on Instagram. And I actually, I got to the point where I no longer was enjoying being on Instagram because of the background effort that goes into creating this content. So now when I see anyone with paid work, I'm like, I know what that took to create that. Yeah. the thought that went into that process. And it's not just as simple as snipping and, you know, taking a photo of your kids and going, oh, Peppa Pig sponsored this ad. <laughs> like you God, need to get it nice. right. Yeah, you need to get it right. You need to think about it. You need to, uh-huh. you know, put it up at a time where everyone's, you know, at home or on their phones. And there's a lot of more process that goes into it. And I do appreciate paid or sponsored ads so much more now. And I'm glad that I yeah. had that experience. But for me, I was like, it took away what I was passionate about on, on the gram for me. So I have removed myself from doing that work at the moment. Um, I might tap into it a bit later, but I know what a fucking struggle it is to get that right. And then especially when you're being um, spoken to by brands that are really cool and really important, you want to do right by the and you want to do well. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you put up a post about you crying in your car, devastated, you know, like for me, riddled with anxiety or overwhelm or having been sleep deprived, I'll, I'll get 300 likes straight away maybe not 300, maybe it was like 100. I just exaggerated slightly there. Um, and then I put up a paid post and it was like five, cricket. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know? Well, and you also, uh, you know, I, I suffer from anxiety. I'm medicated for anxiety. Mm. Um, and, and you know, Instagram doesn't give me anxiety, but but doing the paid work because you know you're going to cop the backlash, it's fucking, I remember my first, it wasn't even paid, it was gifted. I got a fucking Dyson and I was like, fuck, yeah, I want a Dyson. Like Sick. who would say no to a Dyson? And the first message I got was, you're a sellout. And I was like, you're right. I was like, how am I a sellout? Like, would you say no to a free Dyson? Like, no. I a picture with a Dyson. Yes, I want the fucking Dyson. And they're like, you're just such a sellout. You all get to a point and you just sell your souls. And it's like, well, I'm sorry. Do you go to work every day? Because I'm not upset that you go to work every day. So why are you upset that I'm going to go to work? It was like just recently with all the floods, terrible, horrible time in the world for people. Um, and I had some small businesses that I follow and that I talk to frequently on Instagram who advertised, waited a few days because what is the right amount of time to wait, um, but then had to advertise because they've got Easter coming up, they've got Easter cutoffs, um, and they got slammed by people going, you're so insensitive that you're advertising. And I just said to her, I'm like, but were these people not going to work anymore? This is your only source of income. So are the people that, that work in an office, did they not go to work for the week after people have lost everything? Because I know that that's terrible. But at what point are you allowed to return to work? Mm, you know, absolutely. just because you're an online presence doesn't mean that you, you know, you just judge so much differently. And it, and it just all comes down to people just, people don't like influencers. It's just, it just keeps coming back to that. It's just, it's a fucked up world. I think it also comes from a place of ego, which, you know, at the bottom of ego is fear and shame and their own shame for themselves and their own fears in their life and their own not enoughness. And that shows up in their ego and they want to put down anyone doing well. It's so much easier than to go, oh, I wish I could do that. I wish I could stand in front of a camera and talk and make money from that. I wish I I thought of that 
It yep. sucks that I didn't, but, you know, and instead they just, as you said, project onto all of these people and people like yourself, like, and Sarah Kearns, is it? Like Lauren, you guys are showing up on Instagram as your raw, authentic, confident selves. You're showing yep. the ins and outs of parenthood to do it to empower and support. You're not doing it to be assholes and put yep. anyone down. You're not starting a gossip column for Christ's sakes. Like you're just doing good in the world. Just yep. shut up, trolls. Yeah. Yeah. let it. But, you know, but even saying these words, I get so fucking terrified mm. that someone's going to come for me because it's just, it just rots you to pieces. And these people say these flyaway comments and you just, I know personally when I get a flyaway comment, I don't, it's not just like I read it and it's gone. You know, I, I ask my husband, I dwell on the, someone asked me at the beginning of the year, have you put on weight? And I had, and I know it was the end of last year. I apologize. And I cried. I'm not even kidding. I cried for like two days straight. Um, and it's funny just recently that that puppet photo video of Z and I has gone viral again and I had someone comment on the post of Will and I that I had made after the the put on weight comment and because I went into his room that night and I was crying and he's like what is it and I used it as a learning curve to teach my teenager about the things that happen on the internet and how they can affect you more than what you think it is you know you say something you send it you don't think about it again but the person on the receiving end of that and I thought that was a good learning educational tool for him because let's face it, teenagers can be assholes to each other. Um, and yeah, and someone commented on it just the other week and just said, you're oversharing with your son, you're going to cause him problems, you know? And I'm talking, this was like four months ago that I made that post and I still, yeah. Oh, far this out. Is sometimes. Yeah. Oh my God. I can't imagine, I don't know anyone in my life that would comment that to my face. Maybe, no. my, maybe, maybe my mom, if I was looking really unhealthy and I was look, seeming unhappy in my character, maybe, yeah. but no one would say that to your face. So it's almost like that is so unkind and from such a place of malice as well. Like that was just pure nastiness to even comment on that. Um, and the unsolicited parenting advice I think right. comes up a lot. There was, oh my God, that same video. I'm just going to get on my soapbox here. That same video, and I think because it went to America and and they're passionate people, um, and I had two people in one day tell me I should not put my son, even though it was my daughter, in long pyjama pants on wooden floors because there is a risk of falling. No, <laughs> not even kidding. I put socks on my kids on my wooden floors so they can play slip and slide down the hallway. <laughs> it's just you sometimes. And then, and then because the internet's so enjoyable, then someone, again, complete random stranger, commented back to one of the people arguing with her for arguing with me. And it's just like, where do you get this time from? Yeah, I pay it no notice, but it's just funny because you yeah. see the, the runnings of Instagram and how it, the people have too much time on their hands maybe. I don't know. It's very scary. And egos, they're jealous, man. I think that's got so, that's taking over so it, much of our it, generation of children. Jealousy, yeah, so much. It just, yeah. yeah, and it's not okay. And I think it shows more about you having stayed on the gram and doing what you do and continuing to show up as you have. It shows your character and your strength, and you're speaking to the people. The people that want to hear you are listening. The people that yes. want you in their life are listening and tuning in and tapping into you every day. And I think that's where the beauty in the, in the Instagram space is for you. And I, I love that you're Absolutely. still showing up as you are. Well, it's still, it's my outlet, you know, like I, yeah. I it's always very cathartic for me to write things. Um, but I also like entertaining. Like I'm, I'm, I've created Indiana. She's a monster because she can <laughs> think, no, and this is me. Like I, I've, 
I always wanted to grow up and be an actress and this is like the closest I'm ever going to get to it, you know, like, (laughs) and I just stumbled onto it. That's what, you know, the other thing I never, I never started this to even think that I could get paid for it one day, you know, Mm. and it took four years until I started getting paid and, Mm. and I'm on this maybe 14 hours a day. I'm open to people, like not on there actively, but from when I wake up to when I go to bed, I'm talking to people, I'm responding to people, I'm giving them, you know, the information that they're asking for. Like, and then when you work out, if you do that over how long I've done it for, I really, you know, it's great that I finally get paid for it. Yeah, totally. My goodness. I feel guilty when I don't respond within like six hours. Like I'm like, oh, I feel bad. I'm so sorry that I didn't reply straight away. Like we have to remember we have a life outside of the gram. And even though it's paid work, there's still a life. There's still that need feeding and that (laughs) yeah just diving into motherhood with you motherhood and parenting it has a way of reshaping our identity as women for me there were some massive massive shifts and I'm sure for you as well it also shows us the strengths that we didn't know that we've had what have you learned about since you've become a mother I think I've learned a lot more about forgiveness Mm. Um, because I, I hold on to a lot of issues that I had from my own childhood, um, and confusion around my own childhood. And it's almost like since having children, a lot of it's been explained to me. Um, and I've kind of worked out what it is to be a family unit, what it is to be a mother, um, but then also worked out what it is to be a child. And I think I've dropped a lot of the associations that I had with myself thinking I wasn't good enough. Um, You know, I've grown up not thinking I was worthy of love. Um, I always thought that I had to achieve something for someone to love me, you know, and, and through my children, I've learned that, that you can just love, you don't, you don't need to have a reason for it. And I pour everything into these kids. And regardless of what people think, my children are my life. I'm no longer like stuck to them like I was a few years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, but they bring me so much joy and they bring me so much comfort and, and they love me, you know, and I, I didn't feel a lot of love growing up and they've filled all of that back up again. So forgiveness, what it is to love and to be loved. Yeah. I think that when you become a parent, it's that unconditional love that really surprised me. Like it was, Oh, I I love, I love my kids unconditionally, of course, but they love me back without conditions. And that's really magical because I've I've never felt that either in my childhood I didn't feel that other than from my mother but from my dad I didn't um that unconditional love it always had to come with conditions always and yeah that growing up not feeling worthy not feeling good enough not not being able to even regulate my own emotions let alone an adult's emotions it's but then I had kids and it's just cracked all this trauma and all these things I keep unpacking and anytime with it you know my three-year-old has a tantrum and I'm dealing with this tantrum things come up for me like emotionally where my ego starts performing as well and I get really cranky and shitty and then I'm like hold on no this is fear fear of being judged in the shops fear of being embarrassed by people around me okay this is a three-year-old, I'm the adult, be the adult, Chris. Like yes, sometimes I absolutely myself with that. So I totally resonate where you're coming from there. And forgiveness is really special because, as you know, I have a 10 and 11-year-old, so it's preteen, but sort of yeah. feels, feels a bit teeny at the moment. <laughs> Two girls, it <laughs> feels teeny, but um, lots of stuff coming up with that. And so yes. forgiveness for me and the way they forgive and forget so quickly with 
with when you make a mistake and you apologize and like, yeah, that's fine. And that's so yeah. beautiful to me. Yeah. So I love that you touched on that. What do you think for you the biggest surprise was in motherhood? I know you've had Will a little bit earlier than the others. So was there yeah, a it was the major difference? Um, <laughs> no, I, 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 I think again, and I don't know if these are the answers you're looking for, but for me, my biggest surprise in motherhood was realizing the trauma I had in childhood, mm. you know, like mm. I, I just, at every milestone that my kids have, I have another breakthrough of like, oh my God, like, how are you okay? Do you know? And I just, yeah. So I, I keep learning how to, to not be broken anymore through mm. them and through all of our experiences that we have together. It's all mm. just, yeah. And again, that unconditional love, biggest yeah. surprise in the world that I didn't, I didn't know that existed, yeah. you know, like I, mm. and I would literally throw myself in front of a bus for my children. And, and that's, I've, you know, we talk about marriage and children. Like I love my husband, but marriage is still conditional because mm. there's still things that they could do to hurt you enough that you don't want that love anymore. You know, whereas for your children, they're literally like my spawn, you know, yeah. like they are my limbs. So yeah yeah absolutely you touched on something earlier that I'd like to go back to if you're comfortable to that you you have anxiety and that you manage that with medication Mm -hmm. you've shared that openly online before as well is that was getting medication something that was really hard for you to come to terms with hugely so I mean like no nobody wants to be medicated until you're medicated and you realize that medication is it's great like it's great (laughs) if your brain doesn't work normally there is nothing wrong. If you have, okay, you broke your bone, you're going to, you're not just going to sit at home and be like, oh, I've broken bone. I'm just not going to use that anymore. You're going to go to the doctor and get it fixed. Mm-hmm. Why would you not do the same with your brain or your emotions? Or I didn't know that not everybody gets nervous poos. And it wasn't until we lived here, not here in the suburb that I live in. Um, and the two, I'm getting sweaty hands again, just thinking about it. Here's my anxiety. Um, my two kids were at two different schools and I was freaking out about school pickup time that I wasn't going to make it through them. And every day, like was just running through me. And I was talking to my sister about, it, and she's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, you know, that feeling you get when you don't know where you're going and you've got to go do a nervous poo. She's like, that's not normal. And I'm like, what, what do you mean? It's not normal. <laughs> and then, you know, it turns out my dad has the exact same issue. Uh-huh. Did not know that until I was a grown adult, like two years ago, did he tell me that? Wow. And so it's almost like this taboo issue of mental health. Our generation, I think, because I think there's a lot of broken people in our generation from the trauma of our parents' generation, but we're the fixers. So mm-hmm. so me having the capacity to say to my kids, I, I struggle with anxiety and I'm medicated for it. I'm not ashamed of my medication because it enables me to live a better life, a fuller life. I don't, I don't freak out about things like car parks. I don't like going places that I don't know where to park. And it's not a normal thing. It's like I need to survey all of the maps, how I'm going to get there, where the car is going to be parked. Like it is a full-on process for me. Um, and now it's just like you're a dickhead. Just do it. You know, yeah. just be happy. Everything's going to be okay. And it's that. given me the ability, and I never had this before, if I can't change the outcome, what's the point of stressing out about it? Whereas prior to my medication, this interview, I would have been on the toilet for the whole morning, but I can't control what's happening. I can only be an active participant in it. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm the biggest advocate for it. And I've got friends who struggle immensely with mental health and anxiety. Um, and 
they're like, I don't want to be medicated. You know, mm. I'm going to try all of the things. And I'm like, that's fantastic. I had to try all of the things because I didn't want to be medicated. Uh, and then it, I actually, uh, my business partner, Sandy, um, we had a big conversation about it one day and, and she's like, if it helps you live a better life, why would you not do it? Absolutely. And I think for me, I've always, I've always carried no shame with it. The men on my mother's side, so like the uncles and things I've had and, and the, especially the women, they're all medicated from like when yeah. I was born, everyone would take their pills and take the antidepressants. Like it was such a common thing in my household. So when I was 16 and put on antidepressants, wasn't a big deal to anyone. I was just popped on another one. That one didn't work. Yeah. So we tried another one. For me, it was never shame, but then meeting other men in my world and connecting with other women as well. And there being so much stigma and shame around getting the yeah. support you need and utilizing the resources that we have because everyone was conditioned not to do it. But it's like, if you have depression, anxiety, and you're not, and and the healing modalities of, I suppose, in, in natural health and well-being, So mm-hmm. movement, water, all enough sleep, those yeah. sorts of things aren't working. If you're doing all of that and that's not working that's a chemical imbalance and that's not in your control you need to go and see someone and they will fix the problem and you can live a happy healthy life life. yeah and not feel this way because that burden that stress on your body every single day just is not worth it when you can just take a a pill and it helps and it fixes well and I think that's if and I am a big advocate for this and I've frequently talked about it just go and talk to someone because that first conversation Mm almost broke me having to sit in the doctor's chair was the most horrific thing I've ever done in my life Mm -hmm. Um, because people my doctor originally just shrugged me off and she's like you got four kids of course you're stressed out Mm -hmm. you know of course you can't stop thinking about things you have four children I just kind of sat there I'm like but it feels deeper than that and then I went and I did the psychology route um, where I just I just cried more and more and more Um, (sighs) and then I actually met Mel Watts um, Mm -hmm. and we had a conversation and what I was describing she's like Laura, that's me. This is what I take. Go and talk to your doctor. And I legitimately met Mel the next day, booked into my GP, got the same medication that Mel was taking, went back to my psychologist, still still talk to a psychologist, but have the capacity now to stop and think about things logically instead of my brain just jumping up and down. So my I've got a, a, a high-level high functioning anxiety. And so my I've got monkey mind. And so mm. I just don't stop. So my brain is just constantly... I'm thinking about all of the risks that could be happening in the world um, and I can't switch off. I don't have Mm. the capacity. The pills, they make me so happy. The downside for me, however, I find on the pills, I switched recently um, to Lexapro. I find sometimes it doesn't let me feel as deeply as what I used to feel. Um, And the emotive side of me, especially when I write, I come from a very emotive place and I find sometimes that that numbs that which upsets me, but the numbness of my creativity is outweighed by the happiness in my life. I love that you've just shared that experience. Thank you so much for sharing it because I feel like so many women, um, especially in the space and and the audience that I have with listeners and mums and there's that shame that's attached to mental yeah, health absolutely. not getting help. And I would love if anyone is listening and is struggling right now, don't be ashamed to speak to your GP and ask for that, that help and ask for a little bit of guidance. And it doesn't just, you don't just have to go to a psychologist and talk to someone, but you can get medication and start yeah. that route. There's, there's so many options out you there. You deserve to be happy. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Now I want to digress a little bit into 
Will, of course, (laughs) your beautiful and vibrant son, hilarious, just like you, Will, who does show up on Instagram and in this podcast every now and then. Uh, (laughs) But he is stepson to your husband, Brad, and families come with so many big transitional seasons. Can you share a little on that, how that looked for your family when Brad came into Will's life, for anyone that might be going through similar transitions right now? The first thing that I want to say and put out into the public, because I often get people that um, approach me and ask me about how I went with the whole separation process, um, and that's that you're never going to be alone forever and it's better to be happy and alone than it is to be in a relationship that you know is not going anywhere. There's no point staying in a relationship for the sake of the children because if you're at each other and, and you're not connected on that deep, loving level, then you're just going to have the children sitting here in 25 years' time talking about the issues that they had as children. Um, And I know that's not true for everybody, but I also know people who have stayed together for the sake of their kids and they hated each other. So you're not teaching your children any lessons by arguing in front of them every single day. Um, So when we broke up, everything was fine. We're still good friends. We're still friends. Um, And when, so Bradley, I've known him since I went to high school um, and he's met, Will's dad previously um, to us getting together as well. Um, And then when he came into the family, when I finally introduced him to Will, he was just his mate. He would just, they would, I mean, dads are that anyway, you know, like they would just play games. Um, They just enjoyed roughhousing. The first day he met him, he had him on his shoulders actually, and he was running through the house and collected Will's head on the side of the door. Hi, meet my son. Talk oh my about God, the worst years of a step parent. Oh my God. I don't lose his hands on that. Um, <laughs> Sorry, so yeah, that was pretty in- insane. Um, no, and then because we moved over to WA. Um, you right, Harry? We moved over to WA. Um, and then I guess Brad was still very much Brad. Um, and then it, with Will, um, you know his dad is still very much in his life, but Brad turned into like Braddy daddy um, and then transformed into dad. And, you know, Will now calls him dad. Um, That's really which is a nice. Yeah. It's a nice term of endearment. I mean, it's, it's, it's what he knows. He, he just knows he's got two dads and he's so lucky. He would sometimes say he is not. Um, and when Brad proposed to me, cause it was obviously just the three of us still, he actually presented Will with a pair of cufflinks that he had engraved Braddy daddy. Um, and actually asked Will first if Aww. he could marry me before he asked if he could marry me. Aww. So I know. And then That's he was really the man at the wedding and, yeah, it was just, Aww. it's all very nice. I think it really helps with the transitional period too is when the, the stepchildren are particularly inclusive. So I do one-on-one time all the time. I make a conscious effort this afternoon. I'm picking them up in school from school in 20 minutes and I am going to take them to the shops just for that one-on-one time while the babies are still yeah. in daycare. Do I want to? No. I have much better things to do. Love yeah. them dearly if they ever hear this. But I do because it means so much to them to get that one-on-one time with me because now there's two babies that are always around us and it's crazy and chaotic and hectic. And they didn't sign up for the two babies. They signed up for a stepmom that hangs out with them. So I'm going to go and do that. You're a good person. That's so lovely. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Um, But, yeah, like I treat them inclusively as my own. They they won't ever call me mom only because they have a mom and they they 
choose not to. And that is so fine with me. Yeah. Um, it's so funny in my house now, my three-year-old, when I don't answer to mum, he calls me, Chris, Chris, come I here. I love that. He's three. He's three. Yep. So I'm dealing with that. Um, but yeah, look, I think the inclusivity in the household is really, really important, especially when introducing new kids and things like that to the family or remarrying yep. and things like that. I included the, my stepdaughters in my wedding vows. Um, I said something along the lines of like, you know, like, um, life didn't give me the gift of them. Oh my God, I remember it. Life didn't give me the gift of them, but life and you gave me them or something like that. Sorry. (laughs) It was cute. It was really sweet, but I wanted them to know I'm not marrying your dad. I'm marrying the three of you. All of you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really important. (laughs) So I I grew up with a a C-U-N-T of a stepmom, hated us, me specifically, Um, used to lock food away from us, just horrible person. You know, and there's a lot of issues on why someone would be married to such a horrible person, but that can be another episode. Um, And so having someone who loved my son like his own wasn't even an option for me because if if the person I married wasn't going to love him like their own, we weren't going to get married because my relationship with my son, and that's the same with all of my kids. That's what I was saying before. Marriage is conditional, unfortunately, whereas the love of my children, if you're not going to love and respect him, then we've got no business being together. Mm, I love that. That's really special. Well, that is all we have time for today. So thank you so, so Sorry much. Sorry that I coming. talk so much. No, I love that you talk so much. I wish I didn't have to go, but I've got children that I've got to pick up. <laughs> it's been love. so good to chat with you. Like there's so much here that I feel like so many women are going to resonate with. And obviously if they're not already following you, they will be. But, you know, I think that there is just a lot in just sharing your story and empowering other mums to feel supported and feel not alone. So I think that's really beautiful. Thank you. No, thank you. I appreciate you coming on. I've got sweaty palms. Me too. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Inside Out. I really want to grow in this space and make sure these stories and experiences are heard. If this episode resonated with you, I would love to hear from you. Please leave me a review and hit subscribe to ensure you don't miss our next conversation. Please also join me on Instagram and let me know what you thought about this episode at Inside Out with Chris. I can't wait to share more with you really soon.